Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornblast, and welcome to FinTech Unfiltered from Bank Innovation, the leading news source on banking and FinTech. Uh, this is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the world of banking innovation uh, during the week of September 21, 2020. Uh, our thanks to Blend, Mambu, and Q2E Banking uh, for their support as advertisers and sponsors of FinTech Unfiltered. Uh, so thank you to them. And I am pleased to be joined by Bianca Chan from Bank Innovation. Hello, Bianca. Hi, JJ. Hi. It is Friday, September 25, 2020. This week, uh, there was uh, data from the Kansas City Federal Reserve Bank that showed improved activity at regional factories, which was a positive sign for the manufacturing sector. The, uh, the United uh, Wholesale Mortgage um, uh, agreed to a $16.1 billion reverse merger um, this week, which would which will be the largest SPAC deal on record. September also uh, should show, according to forecasts, new car sales, new vehicle sales um, will decline 12% uh, on a year-over-year -year basis, while used vehicle sales will climb 11% on a year-over-year -year basis. You look surprised, Bianca. And Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg also passed away this week. And finally, data from Andreessen Horowitz, the venture capital firm, showed that, among other things, demand for used golf balls went through the roof during the pandemic. What that has to do with fintech, I'm not sure. But from American Express, there was new data um, that definitely relates to the pandemic, and that is that 81% of merchants say they intend to make contactless payments a permanent option for customers. Um, it would seem, Bianca, that contactless payments are kind of here to stay. The question is, is you know, to what degree will that really be the case? Um, and then the other question I had was, to what degree this will add costs into the payment infrastructure um, if the demand for contactless payments really does, you know, rise to the kind of level that uh, was implied, that is implied by the Amex uh, data. Yes. Lots to dig into here. <laughs> so the upshot is basically, yes, so merchants and consumers, they both prefer contactless payments. I'm not sure if that's too much of a surprise to anyone, um, just given how we've all been operating for the past few months. Um, but we're definitely this is definitely a trend that we're seeing throughout payments. You know, more businesses, more consumers uh, are using digital payments, contactless payments. And of course, that's going to create day-to-day -day efficiencies uh, for the financial institutions who are processing these payments for both consumers and the businesses um, who are their clients. But I'm not sure how much of those uh, efficiencies will be translated to the bottom line until or if we ever transition fully away from cash. Because to banks, that just means that they now need to 
maintain and provide these two different kinds of uh, ways to process payments. So something that was, that, so that was something that I thought was kind of interesting. Of course, we're going to be seeing, um, you know, streamlined processes. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that you think that it doesn't really matter if I'm understanding right. It doesn't really matter the the adoption rate on contactless payments until there's like a hard stop on let's say cash payments as an alternative because until you have that, you still have sort of the whole cost um, uh, the the cost burden of it in the system. Is that what you're you you kind of you're that's what you're saying? From the bank's perspective, in terms of how much the money, you know, contactless payments and digital payments are actually saving them, yes, that's what I think. So I guess, so I guess the follow-on question is, is you know, can they do it? I mean, can you? I mean, it would it would seem that it is feasible at this point, considering that. I mean, and I, I don't want to raise anyone's alarms, but uh, I, I mean, I, I don't see this situation improving. Uh, you know, there, it, somebody reminded me yesterday that there was a there was a prevailing thought. It feels like it was you know a thousand years ago, but at some point, you know, in I guess in the spring, there was a prevailing thought. Oh, that by the fall, everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if you even remember this, but that was a prevailing thought. Uh, we are. In case you know anyone uh, has any uh, questions, we are actually in the fall, um, and there is no uh, end in sight. So, so I mean, it would seem that there is this ability to take a hard stop on payments methods that are costly and not for for financial institutions not necessarily to suffer um, adversely. Um, I guess it's kind of like a will issue. Like, will they, do they have the will to do that? And I don't know if you have a feeling for that at all. You know, I think that the numbers will continue to kind of trend the way that they have been through the pandemic, but I highly doubt that we will fully ever, you know, get rid of cash. I think it's gonna be a mainstay. It's too, I think it's too embedded <laughs> in the financial services industry and just how people, pay for things and sell things. Right. Um, well, there, there's a great cost to it. There's mm -hmm. a great cost uh, as a result. Um, so uh, another um, kind of pandemic related uh, uh, dynamic uh, that we can talk through is um, Bank of America's patent um, uh, perform. Uh, practice so far this year. Um, so despite the fact that the pandemic has been a raging, um, the Bank of America in the first half of 2020 alone secured 184 patents. Now that's a 20% increase on a year over year basis. Of course, those patent applications uh, are filed long in advance. I don't know what the oldest application was, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was, you know, cer certainly pre-pandemic. But more interestingly to me was that they applied, that the bank applied for 415 patents in the first half of the year alone. 
why? Why is there such patent activity coming from Bank of America? And uh, my second question, and this is more for us to discuss, Bianca, is the degree to which this volume of patents that now has the potential to come down uh, into, you know, down in the market, to the degree to which it might stifle innovation in, in fintech. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to dig into that one. Um, but to your first point, I, th I think it's pretty remarkable. I think something like 80 to 90 percent of Bank of America's workforce is working remotely, right? And so you think that you need to be in a room. Uh, with a whiteboard, with people with, you know, blank pieces of paper. Um, but it, it seems maybe that's not the case and that maybe working from home has created this sort of an environment that encourages innovation, at least um, on like the cutting edge side of it when we're talking mm -hmm. about patents here. What was really interesting to me was seeing the breakdown of which areas of banking these patents uh, relate to. So yeah. So yeah, AI, machine learning, that was, that took 23% of the 415 um, patents, 23%, uh, yeah. So that, that's interesting. Um, that tells me that even though we've been talking about AI machine learning for years now, and we know it's nothing new, that there's still, um, there's still things to be explored and discovered there. Secondly, um, I thought what was really interesting was mobile and online banking only was 9% of the uh, applications that were filed. And that's surprising to me because that has really been uh, a huge trend in our reporting. But throughout the pandemic, I mean, it's something that everyone we've spoken to is working on in some fashion. So what that tells me is that what the industry is working towards um, in terms of mobile and online banking, maybe it's, uh, you know, they're following footsteps, not necessarily uh, the ones paving them. The road, or, or not necessarily there's not necessarily mm -hmm. a revolutionary technology coming in that in that particular product set mm -hmm. so I, I i thought that that was interesting too bianca and so let's let's go through the top three mm -hmm. the top three segments of of patents the patent applications from b of a as you said number one uh, ai and machine learning 23 percent, nearly a quarter of all um, the applications. Number two was 22% security and privacy. And number three, 16% programming technology. So of those three, I mean, you've expressed that the AI and machine learning was kind of a surprise to you, but, but of those three, it, it, do, does any, any one of those surprise you more than the other? Uh, programming technology. <laughs> I don't know if that was the case for you, but as we saw throughout um, BI Build a few weeks ago now, especially during the Pulse the Market live session that we did, um, sure. it seems that banks are still trying to figure out how to place not only their innovation teams next to the business lines, but how to position the software engineer and the programming like uh, resources next to the innovation teams. And I think that that's something that financial services, they're kind of grappling with at this point right now. We're still trying to figure it out. And I think that's because the need for software engineers and software development and programming technology is uh, seeping into almost all different facets of the bank. And so it, I guess that 
it's something that's kind of um, been a new a new trend I've been seeing at least since Bill, and so I think uh, that was surprising to me that Bank of America seems <laughs> seems to have gotten it, and they've put sixteen percent of their uh, of their um, yeah. you know innovation power towards that. That that is a a, a fair response. Um, I. I took note of the security and privacy at 22%. I had a different um, uh, take on that. You know, that I think that there is, th th this is not new, the, the notion that security and privacy is central to a financial institution is as old as banks are, um, but it is, in my view, going to increasingly be amplified as the central value proposition for digitized financial services. And so therefore, I actually was surprised that it was not number one. And it was, uh, it was the only the second uh, largest segment of patents rather than the first. But uh, I, I took note of that. Uh, very interesting. Whether we the the other question that that I had was whether this might stifle innovation in the sector. I mean, that's a very difficult question, but I think it's a question that that should remain outstanding um, because uh, this you know they 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 issued patent applications across the entire spectrum of financial technology. Um, there was really, uh, it was really across the board and is, is obviously a, a significant strategic play, uh, intellectually, IP strategic play for them. So speaking of innovation, um, we, which we always speak about, but uh, speaking of innovation, uh, this week, uh, Bank, in, Bank Innovation introduced its innovation rankings uh, where we ranked um, financial institutions uh, for their innovation prowess. Um, number one on the large financial institution list was, do, do you know who came in number one? Yes, Truist. Thank you. I was just testing you. Just testing. I read the Truist. rankings. <laughs> the rankings, which we developed with um, FI Navigator, um, which is a, a great data shop out there. Um, we, it, we used, it was determined based on uh, over a hundred retail products, services, and channels within nine different categories. So the nine products within nine different categories were evaluated at each financial institution. And then uh, there were scores attributed for uh, the, um, for the breadth of the retail offerings, and that's why, and that's how the scores were developed. We worked on this for a really long time, as Bianca knows, and um, uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, we're very excited about it because um, it is is really the first uh, data set that in that aims to quantify. Um, something that has generally been not quantified uh, to date, which is the, the innovation strength of uh, financial institutions. So 
Um, I hope everyone checks that out. And um, I cert we certainly congratulate Truist on coming in number one. What, uh, what else do we have uh, slated for next week, Bianca? Yes, next week we're going to be looking at uh, recent hires and uh, staffing shuffles in banking and fintech. Uh, and we'll also be taking a look at what a very innovative financial institution in Eastern Europe is doing with uh, robotic process automation. That's OTP Bank. You're not supposed to give out the bank. You're not <laughs> supposed to say who it's the bank. Okay. No, thank you. Um, we're so happy you joined us um, here on FinTech Unfiltered. Uh, please rate FinTech Unfiltered on your podcast platform and, and email us at uh, info at bankinnovation.net. You could check us out on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And, and of course, uh, please visit with us uh, on bankinnovation.net. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.